She says, your issue right now is that you're not getting the right people on the calls, not that you're not closing the right people. She's like, you need to stop saying I'm not good at this because you're not talking to the right people and start to focus on how do I get the right people on the call. And it was that moment where now I think we're much, much better now and getting to the right people on the phone call. I'm like, closer, it's very good. And now I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily enjoy sales calls. I'm super introverted. It's not something that I would want to do long term. And when we're ready, that is something that that role will be filled and I will hire. But you kind of go through that process where you start to doubt yourself because it's not something you enjoy and it's not going very well and it's maybe not something you've done before. But when it's your business, you just don't get the choice. Like you just have to keep going. Mama! Let's reimagine mom life together. Mama Has Goals is your hub for relatable support and helpful resources that help you fuel yourself alongside motherhood. Your identity is bigger than mom. And whatever your goals are, together, we're making them a reality. Something I'm absolutely loving right now is bringing you half of a conversation on this podcast and doing another half on another mama's podcast. And so this way you can find other women doing really great things, introducing you to new podcasts that I absolutely love as well as bringing some of those amazing mamas from that podcast over here. So if you're new, send me a message, say hello, I'd love to know. And today, this mama, Tiffany Ann Botcher, is a devoted mom, agency owner, business strategist, and she has a proven track record of scaling service-based businesses to over seven figures per month. She's become a sought-after expert in her field, and her expertise spans beyond bookkeeping, agency management to fractional CFO services and a deep understanding of automation and data-driven scaling strategies. Okay, for some of you that are like, whoa, what is all of that? That's okay. You don't have to know. But Tiffany has an MBA in practical experience that helps empower business owners throughout North America, offering invaluable insights and guidance to optimize financial operations and achieve sustainable growth. Through this, she's also been able to have some great strategies for life and motherhood, which we are going to unpack today. She has an unwavering dedication and passion for success to make her an exceptional guest, and I am super excited to dive into it today. We talk about making confident, data-driven decisions in not just your business, but your life. How is that similar to motherhood and your intuition? How does she juggle mom life with entrepreneur life and just life in general? The importance of knowing your numbers in every aspect of life and how to combine all of these things together. Tiffany has three kids, 10, 8, and 4, and balances all of these different things utilizing this professional background as well as her own intuition. Like I said, we have a second half of this conversation over on her podcast, Service-Based Business Society. So especially for my business mamas, but really anyone, go tap over to that. We will link it in the show notes. So let's dive in. Tiffany, I'm so excited to have you here. Before we push record, we were just talking about how much work it is to make lunches for your kids. And I would just love to kick this off and know... How are some of the ways that you balance business ownership with mom life? Because you have three kids, four to 10. So they're not really like independent at this point. You still have to do a lot of things for them. So whether it's making lunches this morning and getting things ready or it's just like the day to day, what is one way you keep on top of it enough? to keep your head above water? (laughs) So this is a super funny question and so perfect because I took my like marketing split testing and decided to split test my laundry formula, 
Ooh. because laundry in our house, so we have three kids, like I said, and everybody's in sports. So between the newer to potty training plus the sports plus school and the fact that kids just changed their clothes, I felt like we had so much laundry. I was dying laundry at our house. I said to my husband, I'm like, hey, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we need a laundry service. I don't know how to, it's crushing me. And so I was like, nope, we're going to figure this out. We are going to split test it like we do with marketing and we are going to make small adjustments and get to the end outcome and i can safely say that laundry is now not an issue in our house oh my gosh give me all the details the laundry battle and it feels like the mom olympics <laughs> i know this sounds super silly but it- no if for anyone that listens to this podcast they know that is all i talk about they i hate so much is laundry i <laughs> cannot get on top of laundry either so i need to know like how did you get it so we ended up with two different styles of baskets. One is for dirty clothes and one is for clean clothes because it would drive me crazy that I would be like reloading the washing machine and clothes would come back and they were still folded. Like, oh my, my gosh. kids have like started adding dirty clothes to on top of clean clothes. And so every kid has two tall baskets, one for darks, one for whites in their room and they sort it on the way in. And when the basket is full, they drag it out into the hall. Kind of like a hotel room service yes. is my theory. Like when your basket is full, drag it into the hall. And so then we go through the wash process. When it goes back to them and it's clean, I got these like super cool collapsible laundry baskets so they don't take up too much room because that was the other thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I go to more laundry baskets, I need more room. And so they all collapse. And so I just put it back in. And because it's only one kid's clothes in the washing machine, I don't have to pick through and sort because I was noticing my boys are similar in size. And I was like having to check tags on things to be like, is it this kid's shirt or that kid's shirt? So now it's only one kid's clothes going through the washer at a time. And so it goes back into their basket and my older ones do put their own laundry away, but my younger one, I fold it and put it all away. And the other genius piece, because I found I kept leaving stuff in the washing machine and it would like get that weird laundry smell and I'd have to rewash it. So I got those stickers. They're like automation tag stickers from Amazon. They're like a few cents. And I coded this automation on my phone. It's just an iPhone, super simple. And so when I start the washer, I tap my phone to the wall and it sets a laundry timer on my phone. And it just reminds me, hey, washing's done and you got to switch it to the dryer because you get busy, right? Whether you're working or you're playing out with the kids or doing something else. I forget about the washing machine every time. And so I was like rewashing and rewashing. So now my phone's just like, hey, the wash is done. And I just swap it. And this, honestly, we're like always caught up on laundry, folded and put away. Like it's like, and we have won the laundry war. And so, yeah, I was like, okay, we're using our split testing. Took a little bit to, to finalize, but we're, we're good. Oh my goodness. I'm just like, literally feel like I'm that mind blown emoji because <laughs> so many different takeaways. I have seen the collapsible laundry baskets. We have one. I agree. I'm a fan. My kids will definitely not be folding or putting their own clothes away, but I totally reading the tags takes so much time. And I do mix my kids' clothes together and they are so similar in size. So you saying that, I'm like, duh, no reason it takes so long because you're looking at every tag. And I know whose clothes are whose, but my husband doesn't. And even though he gets them dressed all the time, he just like, I don't know, they're both yellow shirts. Like, (laughs) it doesn't matter. That is huge. And then the automation stickers, what? I automate so many things in my life, but didn't know that was a thing. I'm so excited to check that out. Yeah, they work really well for things like vitamins and stuff too, because that's another thing in our house that I always like consistency on that. We'll serve out, ooh, we're gonna be so good about the vitamins. And then like three weeks later, it's totally fallen off, whether it's your kids take the vitamins 
or whether it's something like you and your husband share where it's like did someone feed the dog you can literally just like have them all over and they're white stickers like they blend in with the well and you just like tap them and it's like can mark off a task or it can send a reminder like hey i fed the dog automatically or um yep vitamins were taken so like my kids can get a text reminder that says hey you haven't taken your vitamins yet if they haven't like tapped it by noon <laughs> oh my god i'm like these are the kinds of things that I just have to make because it's busy. It is so busy. Like you said, balancing it all. This is like the biggest life hack. I'm just amazed. I am so excited to check those out. Okay, so let's take it back. People that are listening that are just as amazed as me are like, who is this lady? How did she get here? What does she do? And so let's talk a little bit about how you got into helping people also create success in their businesses and stay on top of things and what your day-to-day looks like. Yeah, many years ago now, I actually didn't ever want to go back to university. I was competing, riding horses super competitively. I did three-day event and I was in a car accident, really bad car accident in grade 11 in school. And so basically my entire life, and my dad had always said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And my mom was like, it's fine. We're going to the Olympics. It'll be great. Then I was in a car accident and I really couldn't ride anymore. And so it was like this whole, oh my goodness. But my entire life had basically been about like, we need to win. We will do whatever it takes to win. And so I was so used to this like competitive drive. And it's just is like a part of me. And so I went back to school, did my business degree, was an accounting major, and I got a job working for my landlord's friend. They interviewed me at Starbucks, the wife interviewed me, and they were starting this business. And I had no idea at that moment that, that was going to completely change my life, the interview at Starbucks, because she didn't really ask me anything. She was basically like, okay, so you can start as an admin. And so it was just like a basic entry admin job. And I ended up making a partner there. We scaled that business to over a million dollars a month. Wow. Super successful. And so I met my um, current husband there. I did get divorced one time along the way. Got remarried. And so had this business. We were doing super well, making crazy good money, but spending so much time away from my kids. We had a full-time nanny. And it was actually through COVID that I was home a little bit while my third child was born and afterwards and I was like oh my gosh I missed out on so much it's like what you don't know yeah it was like almost like ignorance was bliss I mean I'm like I loved being a mom but I didn't realize how much Mm -hmm. of the little stuff during the day and so I was like I have to make a change and I wasn't happy at work I hadn't been happy for a long time I just felt very like unfulfilled I'm sitting around a boardroom table with all these men all the time talking about their wives at home, doing mom things. And I would always laugh and they'd be like, oh, you're that woman who's not really a woman. And I'm like thinking on the inside, no, I I really am actually. And I want to be doing those things, but I don't know how to like pay for all of those things if you're not sitting at this boardroom table. So it was this crazy moment. And I just said to my husband, I'm going to quit my job. And I talked about it and he thought I was kidding for a while. And at one point I'm like, no, I'm actually quitting my job. And he's like, well, I don't know. Like this seems crazy. And so I was in a great spot that I I was partner there. So I got bought out, which of course afforded me the time to start my own business because I had a big salary gap to fill. So I did it, started my business and started helping entrepreneurs all over North America. And so I do spend some time away from my kids when I travel for work. We do some like intensives with clients. So much can be done on Zoom. And I think that COVID really helped with that. But there are still so many other things that feel better in person. I will fly and spend like three, four days with a client and go through and do some big, big impactful things in businesses. But for the most part, I'm home. I can still drop my kids off at school, pick my kids up from school, 
And that's just been such a life-changing piece, being able to spend more time with my kids. At times, it's absolutely chaos because as my business has grown, it's like, oh my goodness, there's a lot. Yeah. But I wouldn't change it. It's been it's been amazing. Yeah. So amazing. And first of all, kudos for figuring out what was next and finding success like after that kind of reality of this isn't going to be my path anymore hit. Mm-hmm. And then that job that just exploded into something totally different for you. How did you find a different version of success and a different version of what you could step into when you started your own business? Like, how did you know that you could do it this way in this world? Because for me, coming from more of that traditional kind of boardroom setting and background, I didn't realize right away what was available. So how did you find what was available and say, okay, I'm going to do it this way? So it's funny because I am a tonal planner and have been my whole life. I need to plan everything, plan, plan, plan. And so we were sitting at this restaurant, my two business partners and I, and we were discussing my bio. And one of my business partners said, so where are you going? Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know. And he said, okay, Tiffany, we all know you know where you're going. We know you're leaving. It's okay. Like, let's, you know, like, let's be excited for you and this growth. And I said, I really don't know where I'm going. And he was like, he thought he still to this day will say, like, I do not think you were telling the truth because there is no way that you were going to take this giant step away from everything you knew and didn't really have a plan. I actually think I like, had this naive confidence in that moment where I was like, but everyone is able to make money online. Look, it, it's fine. <laughs> and I felt like I had all of this experience and had done all of these amazing things in corporate. And I was super educated. I was almost finished my MBA. So I had like only, I just had my dissertation left. So I left my job at the end of April and my dissertation was due at the beginning of September. And I was like, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to finish my dissertation. And I was such a nerd. I even worked late on my last day. I was like, oh, I have to get these things done. And this is so important. And then it really hit me when I left the full weight of the decision to leave. And I mean, I had hired a huge team there and it it really hit me as up. oh my goodness, I really left. And so finishing my dissertation, I will say was like the one to date, one of the most challenging things because I just was not in the like correct mental space to just dig in. And I've never experienced that. I've never been not just been able to be like, I will dig in and make it happen. But the dissertation was so big that it was like, okay, I'm digging in, but I'm only like partially here and I'm running out of time. So that was really a mental uh, game to get that all finished. But I, And so I kind of felt like, oh, as soon as that's done, I'll get my business going. So I took that first team and truly focused on finishing my school. And then I was like, okay, we're here. I don't really know what we're doing. I remember trying to do the copy for my first website. And it was like, I don't really know what I'm selling. I don't really know what I'm offering. I just know that I'm here and I can help. And so my business has really evolved and changed. And I would say it has shown me more things that I am really good at and other things I'm really not very good at. And so when you're your own, when you're starting your own business, that's frustrating. Yeah. Especially coming from corporate where you're like, well, if I wasn't good at something, I'm tired for it. Right. You know, it's like you build a team around. But when you're just starting your business, you are your sales, your marketing, your operations, your finance. And so I'm really good at the operations and the finance and all these pieces, but I've never sold a thing in my life. I've never done a sales call. I didn't do marketing. And so really that was eye-opening. And so I really leaned in at that point into learning all of the things that I had never done before and I wasn't great at. And it's been a journey for sure. Yeah. 
What has that balance looked like for you to do things more now that you like doing while also knowing there was that period of time that you had to do it all as the business owner, even if you didn't like doing it? And something I noticed coming out of my job is then when I got a consulting project right afterwards that brought me back to that world. And I would do those things and I'd be like, gosh, I hate doing this. Like, I do not want to go back to doing this, but we have to do things we don't like in our business too. So what does that balance look like for you? For me, it's always keeping in mind that my goal and objective is to not do these things that I'm not good at long-term. I don't want to be, for instance, something that I don't really enjoy is creating endless social media content on all these different platforms, all these different things. And so I knew that was something that I wanted to outsource, but I wanted to outsource it in a way that was going to provide results. And so there's just certain pieces where you learn it and you know it, but your objective is to outsource it. Yeah. It's for me, you know, sales, when I speak to the right person on the phone and act like someone who is our ideal client and all of these things, my sales, my close rate is very good. But I had to be getting the right people on the phone. And so at the beginning, when I'm talking to like pretty much anyone who's willing to take a call, I feel like, oh, I'm not that great at sales because I'm not closing them. Mm -hmm. And then it's only through kind of diving into that to be like, well, but is what I'm selling actually good for those people? No. And I did a whole bunch of mastermind, long-term type things to try and learn sales and sales calls and all of these things. And it was actually one of these things that someone shared a recording of their very good sales, like closer on the phone. And she shared a Zoom recording with me. And she said, I want you to watch this. And it was very casual. And she went through it. And she didn't close it, but it wasn't the right service. And she says, what did you think? And I said, well, I mean, you did the right thing. You didn't. And she says, but... She says, your issue right now is that you're not getting the right people on the calls, not that you're not closing the right people. She's like, you need to stop saying, I'm not good at this because you're not talking to the right people and start to focus on how do I get the right people on the call. And it was that moment where now I think we're much, much better now at getting to the right people on the phone call. And my closer, it's very good. And now I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily enjoy sales calls. I'm super introverted. It's not something that I would want to do long term. And when we're ready, that is something that that role will be filled and I will hire. But you kind of go through that process where, you know, you start to doubt yourself because it's not something you enjoy and it's not going very well and it's maybe not something you've done before. But when it's your business, you just don't get the choice. Like you just have to keep going. And so, you know, I can deal with people sometimes and I, I think of this one client that we had and she wanted to start this kind of traveling store. And the first thing I said is, are you willing to show up for your business online because you will only make it in retail with an online component if you are going to like show up on like short form video? It's the only way to go these days. And she's like, oh yeah, I can figure it out. And then it was like six months in and she was being super shy and she didn't want to do it. And she's like, oh, I don't want to. And I said, it was my first question. <laughs> you have to do it. You have to show up for your business, whether yeah. it's comfortable or uncomfortable. It just gets to be normal. And she was like, okay. I do remember our conversation now. And so sometimes as business owners, some things we do long-term, other things we decide we can replace. For me, that's the sales goal. But if you are the face of your business, some things you can never, you know, you can't hire another face for your business. Gosh, I see so many parallels with that with motherhood. Like as you're talking, like you can't replace yourself as mom. Like you're meant to be your kid's mom. No one else is meant to be your kid's mom. And there are things that you can outsource and things that you can get support with and where you can get assistance. 
Where have you noticed that you maybe get assistance or outsource or insource more correctly now that you have these business skills that you maybe wouldn't have known as just a mom? I think it, it really, you know, comes back to who has to do something at the end of the day. And you're so right when it comes to being the mom, but it's not all or nothing and really sometimes breaking it down. And so what I would say on both the business side and the personal side is finding those little pieces. You know, I took on this backyard project earlier this year. I wanted our backyard. So our house is about three years old and the backyard had just never been finished. So it was like a dirt patch with a trampoline on it. And then last year it was a dirt patch with a trampoline and a pool in one corner. But it just didn't give me like relaxing vibes. And so I've always, like we were going to do something on the weekend. I was like, oh, I need to go out. We weren't spending time in the backyard. And I was like, this is silly. And so this year I decided we're building out the backyard. It's finally done and definitely had some delays. But there were a couple parts of the project that I was like, I just can't figure this out. I'm like, this is ridiculous. And I literally went on Facebook Marketplace and hired two random people for the next day and was like, this part of the project, I have work to do. It pays pretty well. I could be yeah. doing that and they can dig this hole for me. When I got a price quote for the backyard, it was like really expensive, like $30,000 to do what I wanted in the backyard. And I was like, okay, we're not spending that. That was silly. But in the end, I just hired like a couple people for one day and a couple people for this day. And, and sometimes yeah. it's just knowing where to look. Like sometimes in your business, it's like, hey, I just need someone to do this one task. Well, like Fiverr or Upwork, or there's so many different Facebook groups and stuff to find someone that does one task. And sometimes it's way less expensive than you would ever think. You have to figure it out. Know what it would cost for someone to do it for you. And then think, could I make more money than that in that time? And if it is, then those are the things that really help move and progress things along. We recently swapped systems. We were using a one task management system and we were swapping to another one. I love doing that kind of stuff. It's something I could nerd out on forever. But I was like, I don't really have the time to move all of our stuff from one to the other. And so it cost me a couple hundred bucks and everything got moved over. And I was like, done, off the list, moving on. And I spent the day in Seattle with my kids instead, like at the zoo. And so those are the kinds of things where you have to just be willing to not necessarily just look at it as one big thing, the whole backyard, the whole project. But sometimes just finding those little pieces that you don't need to do, even if you used to do it every time. And even if you could do it faster, sometimes you're going to let someone do it a little slower. But if the end result is the same, it's okay. What project management system did you switch from into? It's always good to know for those listening. Yeah. Over the years, we've used so many different ones. And so we had switched to financial sense. It was more expensive, but it was offered what was supposed to be of our premium client experience and offer a lot of our automations in the bookkeeping process for that line of our business. And in the end, it was not offering the same client experience. We were we got more customer feedback issues since we really made this upgrade to what should have been more premium for that. Although we didn't stay too, too long. And it was one of those like, oh my goodness, I can't believe we're gonna make this yeah. swap. Sometimes you just gotta rip the band-aid off. And so we went to Geartable which just offered us a lot more flexibility and more customization and whatnot. I think ultimately a lot of them do so many of the same things. It's really kind of the yeah. display, how it displays the information and how the information ties together. My brain is very database driven. So Airtable is very database driven. I am in monday.com, but I've thought about switching to Airtable because of that. It is like very spreadsheet oriented, yeah. which is just like the way my brain works too. And Monday is good, but it has a little bit more of this kind of 
less structured in some ways. So I love that. Yeah. I mean, going years back, I originally started like back in corporate with Trello and, you know, have been through so many different of those. I think one of the hard pieces is some of them have their own development stuff. I know ClickUp's gone through a really tough time in the last year where they were trying to launch their new version. It was supposed to launch. It's been like over a year. But a lot of these systems you build your business on and it's the, the thought of moving is super daunting and overwhelming and you know it's not serving you anymore. But I feel like that kind of applies to a lot of business, whether it's a service provider, maybe your website, all of these different pieces where you're committed and the thought of moving mm -hmm. is scary. And so in, sometimes in those situations, we stay a lot longer than we can, but we miss out on opportunities. Yeah. It's like a bad relationship or a house you've outgrown. You just got to go. You have to move away from it and see what's better. Because, yeah, you might miss the living room of that house, but you're going to get all these other new different things from the other house. So I love that. I also love that you're talking about just, you know, finding different ways to utilize your time and going back to your backyard example. And you don't need to always hire someone to do all of it but to be able to bring people in for the right things. I think for life and business, that really is where like the secret success is, is finding where your person is for that one task to go do that one thing and help you. I think that's so important. One of the things you talked about though, was knowing what your time is worth. And so there's like this feeling asset to that, right? Like you can't really put a price on going to the zoo with your kids, right? You can't put a numerical value to that. But there is something to knowing your numbers. And I know so much of what you help people with is knowing their numbers in business, but knowing your numbers in life, in your job, like what your hourly worth is, is so important. And that is included for non-working humans, right? Like you are still have an hourly worth and you should know your family's you know, number game, if you will, in all different ways. So I'd love for you to just give like some key takeaways on what should you know for sure in your life and business and what is like one step you would take to get more on top of it? I think it really comes down to knowing and I, I'm, I'm not a bare minimum individual, but when it comes to numbers, you do need to know bare minimum, you know, break even, whether that is in your business or your life, you need to know what that is. And so like when I left corporate, our bills that went along with my giant salary and all of my perks were also huge. When I, They were all convenience charges is what I called them. We live on the West Coast of Canada and cost of living here is super high. And so like our nanny costs over $5,000 a month. And so when you look at that, plus, you know, we had an extra car because she'd drive the kids around to activities. And so, you know, you pay for someone to mow the lawn, you pay for extra this, and you pay for grocery delivery every week. And so really breaking that down to even know, okay, so if I'm going to leave this, and I'm also going to leave behind some of these convenience charges, what is that actual break even? And it's the same thing in your business. If you stop selling tomorrow, you're going to have specific things that continue, whether it's your task management system, your domain, your email, all of these kinds of things. And so many people on both their personal and business, I don't know what that number is. They don't know what that break even is. Right now, there's been an increase in interest expense um, across North America, mostly in Canada. And so those are changing. Those break even are changing. And I think that's really affecting a lot of people as you don't necessarily know where can you invest in someone helping and where can you not necessarily afford it? And sometimes if you don't know your numbers, you have to go with intuition only. And sometimes if you are a little more risk at first, mm -hmm. then you're like, oh, I can't afford it. 
you don't actually know if you can afford the help or the extra upgrade or whatever, but you just immediately are like, no, I shouldn't. And so being willing to dive into the numbers and really think about it from a staying on top of your numbers helps provide you with the information you need to make confident decisions to know whether, hey, I can afford to bring that person in or whether I can hire that, you know, it almost always costs less to have someone help you with these pieces than you would initially think. And if when you are looking into help, someone catches you off guard, like you're like, oh my goodness, like for, you end up with these big swings. If you get that, oh my goodness, I had no idea it would cost this much and it shocks you, then keep looking because sometimes you just haven't found the right person or the right situation yet. And so it really comes down to, but you have to have the numbers and the data to actually know that. You have to have the numbers and the data to know that, hey, I have a budget of $300 to work with here. And so when someone says, hey, I can do it for $250, you're like, hey, like we're winning here. This is great. And there, it's also really important to think about revenue generating and non. So when you are starting your business or you're a solopreneur and you are doing a lot of the revenue generation yourself, when you are working in the business, if you are outsourcing and then you are using that time to generate revenue, that's a very different equation than if you are outsourcing, paying someone to do something, if you're working on something that isn't revenue generating in the next short term. You're like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay someone to do X and I'm going to redesign my webpage site homepage. I'm just going to give it a freshen up. Yes, that might help you at one point, but it's not necessarily trading equivalent in the money department. And so... Sometimes that's okay, but we have to be strategic about, okay, so we're paying someone to do X. With that time, I'm going to do this. And so for me to pay someone to do some of the other stuff and then go to the zoo, that's a different equation. That is that where you can't really, it's not really tangible. And so some of that is great, but if I did that all summer, we would have a problem, (laughs) right? And so it's really kind of making those decisions. And I always just say as the owner, the leader of our business, we can make whatever decision we can decide which clients we work with, which clients we don't, what we outsource, what we pay for, what we don't. At the end of the day, we just have to be really making those decisions from a place of confidence and knowledge and understanding and not just winging it. You remind me, I was just talking to a friend about stylists and I personally don't love shopping, but I would love for someone to give me an outfit each day that I should put on and be like, this looks great and feels great. And I was talking to her and I was just like, you know, it's so hard to put this expense together of like someone picking out your outfits and like going and buying your clothes. And I also don't feel like they're going to spend like maybe the same amount of money that I would on an outfit. They'll probably want nicer things, things like that. And then we were just like unpacking it together. And I was like, yeah, but think about how much time I spend each week and each day trying to figure out what in the world I'm going to wear. And all the things that I buy that either don't get returned or didn't fit correctly or don't look that great. And then there's a value put on all of that, right? It's not the exact exchange of like, okay, I did a sales call instead of building my website. So I paid that person this amount and I made this amount. But sometimes I think it's kind of tricky when you don't realize, okay, your time is money and you're spending time doing these things that then you do get money back, even if you're indirectly paying someone for something as 
you know, to some silly as picking out your outfits or shopping for you. But it is something that like I was thinking about. I was like, this would probably have a return on investment, to be honest, because (laughs) I would have more time and more things. I'd love to get the business CFO perspective on that. Well, there's a reason that Steve Jobs wore the same sweater every day. Yeah. He had all the same sweater because there's this part that comes from decision fatigue and wasting time. There's so many things that I've bought and are in the closet and now I don't really know how to style them. You're like, I don't really know what that goes with. It was super cute. It fit, but what does it go with? And I think that there is value in simplifying and reducing anything that is just that friction point. I actually had someone who I was on a call with her and she was trying to get some help with her bookkeeping. And her accountant said, you don't need bookkeeping help. That's ridiculous. And she was like, oh, my accountant says I don't need you. And I said, okay. I said, so who is doing the bookkeeping currently? And she said, I'm doing it. And then really at the end of the year, I just dump it at the accountant in the box and they sort it out. I said, okay. So first of all, the person telling you that you don't need it is benefiting financially from you not doing it. So let's be mindful yeah. where we're getting advice from. I said, and whether you outsource, you know, social media creation, bookkeeping, blog post writing, newsletter, I said, if you don't enjoy it and you have something you could be doing in your business with that time that would better serve your success objectives, then someone on the outside doesn't get to tell you if that's the right outsource or not. She's like, well, bookkeeping gives me such an anxiety. I'm just like, she's very like creative, parent focused, like receipts, numbers, data. This is not her jam. And so, you know, she literally uh, dropped off at our office these like five grocery bags stuffed full of receipts. She said it was, they were light because they were receipts. But she said it was like dropping off just like 500 pounds of stress off me, just knowing that it was done and I didn't have to worry about it again. And so she's gone on to do other things at the time. And she said, you know, you were totally right that I just needed to just let it go. It wasn't my thing. And so whether it's getting dressed, some people love picking outfits. Some people love going to Sephora and planning up with makeup, extravagant looks. Other people, that's just not their jam. And so I think it comes down to investing in whatever makes you more ready for take on the world, whether that is, you know, investing in meal prep. We've tried everything on the meal prep, those kits that arrive. We've tried the Sunday meal prep. We've tried all these kinds of things. I'm hopeful that one day I get the meal planning, like I got the laundry because the meals are not it. We're not there yet. We have not won the battle there. Would I love for someone to come in and just like make that problem go away? Absolutely. Do I know exactly how to make that happen? I don't yet. But it's like for me, I know that I am not passionate about cooking dinner. In fact, if I never fed anyone in my house dinner ever again, I would be okay with it. So... It's really about whatever that is for you, whether that's the stylist to make it work, because there is a cost in efficiency, in just wasted resources, in when we don't get it right. Yeah. We'll do a quick plug for one of our app partners, What's for Dinner Club, because it is an amazing resource for moms, especially 
where they give you like, here's what you should feed every week. Here's your grocery list. Here's the quick recipe. It's all supposed to be like super fast. So we'll link what's for dinner club with Jillian below. But also for me, like I just try to get a protein and then like two simple things added to it. And that's like, if you're plant-based, you can do that too. And that seems to be our current hack that's made it easier. So you get, thank you for your laundry hack and for these automation stickers that are gonna end up all over my house. I can't wait. But that's like whenever I bring back to basics where I just say, okay, pick one protein a day and let's fill in like what goes with that. It always works better. And I do love having like quick grab stuff prepped every week, like whether it's like fruit, veggies, hearts, like I call dry snacks, whatever, like Mm -hmm. grab and go. That's keep it simple. But we are definitely not uh, super elaborate recipes over here either. (laughs) Keeping it simple. Yeah. I just find everyone wants to eat their own. As they get older, it seems yeah. that they are getting only more particular about what they eat and, and what my husband really wants to be eating based on his objectives and goals and what I should be eating. And then they've got kids that play sports for hours yeah. a day, so they're burning tons of calories, but they're super picky about what they eat. I just am like, oh my goodness, there's <laughs> just too many variables in this equation for me, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure out. I, I do try to keep it simple because... Much like business, I think that simple is just the way more direct route to success as soon as we get into all these fancy things. It's the same thing as people who want a you know, 20-step funnel, but they haven't actually sold yeah. what's at the end of the funnel yet. And you're like, is it the funnel or is it the product or is it this? You have no idea because there's too many options. Oh my gosh, so true. I love that. There is this balance, though, between like going with your gut and like looking at the numbers and looking at the data. I know that you talk about that a lot, combining your intuition with data because we need both. We need both in motherhood, right? We need both. We go to the doctor and we still follow our gut. We need to be able to know what's right for our family, but also learn on, hey, how do I discipline? How do I, you know, have better behavior? How can I help my kids talk about these things? same thing in business or careers or anything else. Like you got to follow your reports and your data and your numbers, but also like you're the business owner, you're the person. So how do you help your clients and yourself through that little balancing act? You know, intuition is a, is a funny thing. And and oftentimes it really surprises people how much I talk about um, still using intuition because I am so focused on like data and metrics and numbers and, and, so when I say, how do you feel about it? And, and people are like, what do the numbers say? It's the strongest people will combine the two. And oftentimes the data will tell you something is not quite right. And then your intuition will tell you where you need to dig in, where you need to research first. Yeah, some of these things, you know, if you have a lot of data and a lot of numbers or your things are really complex, you have to start somewhere. And so data will tell you, hey, there's a problem here. And depending on how things are set up, businesses that were set up to, to have the numbers tell us more will always be fa- easier to get the numbers later. Whereas a lot of times people, you know, start with the real plan with the numbers, it's all just, you know, mixed in together. And so that makes things a little harder. And you have to know where to start and you have to know what to dig into first. When it comes to having a lot of people who are super entrepreneurial come up with so many ideas. A true sign of an entrepreneur is someone who's collected domains because they've, you know, oh, had an idea, the domain was available, bought the domain, and then the idea didn't go anywhere. And then they have, it's like you go on and you have all these different things. And so your intuition will tell you, hey, which one of these is Mm -hmm. the one I should keep working on? Which one should I keep diving into? And and numbers on their own, they say numbers don't lie and they don't, but they tell a story. And from that, you then need to take you and what that story means to you. 
one of the things I, I often talk about is there are these people who are super successful in every industry and it seems like whatever they yeah. touch turns to like turns to gold. You know, it's the person that has three businesses and then they start another one and you're like, holy crap, that one's successful too. How did this happen? And it's a couple of pieces. It's number one, that person knows what works for them in terms of their team, their systems and whatnot. They're not restarting every single time. They're starting with, hey, this is the the set of tools I use when I start a business. And they also have the additional data and resources to pull on. But they also start this process of gaining confidence. It's when you start winning, then you feel confident and you can keep winning. And so when data plays a part in that and it says, yes, you're doing well. Yes, keep going. Yes, keep going. It almost is like a little cheerleader in the background saying what you're doing is working. I had a friend and she was, she's a friend more than Schnapps, I she's a friend. And she was showing me some of her data numbers. She was running this offer, new offer. And she's like, it's not selling. Maybe it's too expensive, all of these things. And so she was really feeling so full of doubt. And I said, well, let's look at your numbers. And we were looking at how many people were going from the social media post to the first page. And then how many people that didn't have the price on it. And then how many people were going from the first page to the second page where they were buying. And she was losing everyone on the first page. And I said, it's not about price because you haven't even told them yet. You know what I mean? Like, and she was like, oh my goodness. But in her mind, it was too expensive. It was, that was the problem. And so sometimes you really need to say, hey, let's put the self-doubt on the shelf for a minute here. And what is the data telling us? And then from there, she could, you know, take her intuition and say, okay, what can I change on this page that's going to give better value? What's going to explain it better? What's going to... And so in the end, she ended up making some changes and having some great sales. But that was one of, fixing that problem was 100% the combination of the two. And so it's really not shying away from the data and the numbers, but using them to help you as a superpower almost. Tiffany, and this has been so good. I know we could go for hours on all sorts of things. I know one of my biggest takeaways was your laundry hack and your automations and also just making sure I'm on top of my numbers. I don't think you can ever be on top of your numbers enough. I think a good system helps, but you like constantly have to revisit it. For our listeners, I'd love if you could give us two takeaways to say, when you get off this podcast, like go take action, do this one thing. I'd love one for a business owner or someone that can take that like business action that you're so such a genius about. And then one for somebody that doesn't have a business, but can still apply some of these same concepts into their life. When it comes to the business, immediately figuring out what your break even is and how much profit it adds by scaling your business. So if you sell 10 of whatever you sell, whether it's a service, a package, an item, what is the profit you are making on each of those items? And figuring out um, those two numbers would immediately change your business and then setting some time aside each month to review your report. Don't leave it till the end of the year. Don't leave it in a shoebox. It offers you zero value there. But like make a little date on your calendar that, you know, probably the third week of the following month when everything has time to be done, all of your statements like credit card and stuff have come in. And whatever that looks like for you, whether you want to go to a coffee shop, whether you want to do it at home, but set that time aside no matter what and don't cancel it because it it can be a huge difference maker in your business. And when it comes to the more life side, it's really evaluating what you must do, like what you have to do no matter what, non-negotiable, and be a little more open-minded about even though you might be the best person for the job currently for something whether that's cooking or cleaning or, 
planning on your outfits or planning your workout program or whatever it is currently and, and start the list of things that you want to change in the future. Even if you can't do it yet, if you're like, I can't afford it at this point, you know, having that game plan of, okay, when we do get to X, now I know mm-hmm. that there's help coming that I can get and I can outsource these things. Spending the time, it'll also serve almost a little bit as a that future vision so that when you're thinking, hey, I'm so busy, it's so chaotic, I can't do anymore, I'm totally tapped out, do I really want more success? Do I really want more? You have to have in your mind, I do, because then I'm going to be able to do X. Yes, I'm going to be able to, I, I want more because yeah. I can also then hire this person or I can do that. And so, because otherwise you just get in this kind of revolving door of like, I don't really want to be any busier. I don't want more because it's so crazy, I can't take on more. And that might be the case right now, but sometimes more offers additional opportunities for help. Thank you so much for that. Before I ask my last question, I'd love for you to just give everyone a breakdown where they can find you. I know you have an amazing podcast, so give them all of the goods. Yes. Podcast is the Service-Based Business Society, and we have a Facebook group as well, also called the Service-Based Business Society. So those kind of go hand in hand. And Aside from that, it's Botcher, B-O-T-C-H-E-R dot I-O, pretty much all over the internet. And our website is the same. And we do uh, free consults looking at people's numbers. We have a bookkeeping calculator on our website that helps you determine. It it answers that question we were talking about earlier. Do you even know what it costs to outsource it? Is it as much as you think? And so if you're curious to say, hey, I want this problem to go away in my business, but I don't really know what it would even cost and I don't want to spend whole bunch of time investing into figuring that out. A couple of clicks on the calculator, answer a few questions about your business, and it'll give you a number. And you might think, hey, that's cheaper than I thought. And I want to do it right now. Or you might think, hey, that's my goal for next year because I want to be able to outsource that, but I, I need to be able to make that money up. Thank you so much. What is something that you are currently excited about? A goal that you're currently working towards, big, small, personal, professional, that you're like, yeah, this is like my thing right now. One of the big goals for us, so we have the podcast, we want to be utilizing that content a little better, tying into YouTube a little more. And so our big push right now is on content creation. We've added some people to our team. And so that's something I'm super excited about. I love that. Thank you so much, Tiffany Han. Cannot wait for everyone to dive into all your services. Thank you for being here. Sometimes the smallest act of love is all a mom needs to feel reinvigorated. If you can relate to that, I'd feel so supported by your five-star rating and written review. Take a moment and let me know what you thought about this episode.